You're listening to Decoding the Code, the podcast for developers. Together with fantastic guest speakers, we explore coding myths, discover helpful tips for beginners and experts alike, and get a peek behind the digital curtains. Get ready for your host, Mark Backus. Hello and welcome everyone to Decoding the Code. Today with Debbie O'Brien. She is a former developer advocate at Nuxt. Uh, she is a beloved speaker at all kinds of Vue.js uh, conferences. She is now a developer advocate at Bit or Bit.dev. She is a Google developer expert. She has a coding YouTube and Twitch channel. And she recently got her GitHub star. Congratulations on that GitHub star, that's a big accomplishment. Debbie, how are you doing today? Hey, Mark, I am doing great. I'm feeling like a star. I've got all my GitHub star swag on and I'm feeling like a star today. (laughs) You are are a star, own it. (laughs) Amazing. It's good, it's cool, I love it. (laughs) All right, so yeah, can you tell us a little bit to start off, like what is your experience in tech? When did it all start? coding wise for you? Oh my God. Like how long do we have? <laughs> like, it's a really, really long story. So I kind of like don't want to bore people with all the details. Cause we just could just talk about this for so long, but you know, basically to cut it short, I started coding at a very, like, but basically I was building websites before we even had the internet. Right. So very long time ago, but the internet was very boring. So I kind of, like, <laughs> after my first job, I got bored and, you know, Amazon was like blue screen with like books and that was it, you know, no pictures. So I left, went to Mallorca to, to work as an entertainer in a hotel and I had fun for many years and I went traveling and then I kind of decided I need to get, you know, I needed a proper job, right? Because there's only so much fun you can have in life, you know, <laughs> you need to like start working properly. So I went back to studying and at the time it was flash, then it was WordPress a little bit of PHP, but like, you know, very basic kind of stuff I was doing. And then I got some jobs in, in front end development, uh, working in HTML and CSS. I was very, very good at that, but that's all I did. Right. I was the, the typical yeah. old front end developer who, you know, just yeah, yeah. passed it then on to the programmer who did all the coding skills. And we were like the, the front end, the front end didn't know how to program. They just did HTML and CSS, right. That's yeah. what it was considered. <laughs> so. After a while of working in a lot of startups that kept kept losing money and, and shutting down and I kept getting unemployed. So I was being an English teacher and trying to do some web design, like building websites for bars, for restaurants, for taekwondo clubs, for anything I could do to get experience. As and many then, people, as I see on Twitter nowadays, are doing exactly that. So you have to start somewhere. So, you know, yeah. you just it, got to go around the bars, knock on money. doors. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great job. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, sorry, it's, it's sorry, terribly to paid. You. <laughs> <laughs> it's terribly played. Like going around building WordPress websites doesn't make you a lot of yeah, money, but, um, but it gives you some experience it, and it gets you going. Sure. And yeah, then basically I was trying to get work and I couldn't get a job because I had now become unskilled, right? Because I didn't know JavaScript. Uh, yeah. I didn't know React. I didn't know Vue. I didn't know Angular. I didn't know any of these. And any job interview I went into, you know, do you know Webpack? No. Do you know testing? No. Do you know this? No. So I was just unemployable. So I knew that I had to learn JavaScript in order to be able to get employed. The thing is I paid for so many courses to try and learn JavaScript and I failed so many times. Yeah. It was like the courses where, you know, I mean, we didn't have chats 
back then, right? So you're learning through emails and emails back yeah. and forth to tell you you're missing a semicolon and, you know, you just get yeah. frustrated. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I, I ended up giving up on myself and I decided that's it. I'm just going to become an English teacher. And, and it's not like, there's nothing wrong with it being an English teacher, but I was teaching English like, like very, like people after work or in offices and stuff. So, uh, mm. the hours were terrible. The money yeah. was terrible. So it wasn't a great job, oh. even though like it can sound like a great job. It wasn't. And some people do it very well and it's great, but it didn't, it didn't excite me. Right. I was bored. I was going into work every day, just kind of like bored. And yeah, then basically Something changed in my life where, where pretty much a, one of, what could you say, a life-changing experience happened, right? Where life told me this was not going to happen for you. And I had to make a decision. And I was like, right, what do I want to do in my life? What do I want to do? Because is this, is this it? Because if this is it, this is pretty bad. <laughs> and so I gave up my job as an English teacher. We had savings from our wedding that we end up just... I spent all our savings and decided if I'm going to give it one more try and try and get a proper job and try and, you know, learn JavaScript finally and become a proper programmer, a proper front end developer. And I basically just, you know, gave up my English teaching job and just studied full time for nine months, nonstop, seven days a week, 12 hours a day. I was Whoa. crazy. I just, I just knew like. I mean, I'm not young, right? So I knew if I don't do it now, it's never going to happen. I'm going to put everything yeah. into it. And if at the end of the year, I don't have a job, I'll just go back to being an English teacher, but at least I'll know I'll have tried. And that's Whoa. what I did. <laughs> wow, that's quite a journey you, you have behind you. you. You said you moved to Mallorca. Where did you move from? So I'm from Ireland, from um, Ashford County, Wicklow. And yeah, oh, it's I it's... It's very it different. Sounds even <laughs> difficult to to uh, to spell. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a beautiful, beautiful place, but it's a very small village, right? And I've gone smaller because I've gone to a small island, but here is a very beautiful <laughs> island. But the thing about moving to Mallorca was, I mean, Mallorca is great. We have like beautiful mountains, beaches, etc. But it wasn't a very good career decision because trying to get a good job in technology in Mallorca was very, very oh, difficult. Yeah. You're very limited. Yeah, yeah, I imagine it's. Uh... It's full of tourists, probably, and it's yeah. it's more like, uh, yeah, living where others make vacation. It must also be a little bit like, oh man, they are all going to the beach, and I'm going to be teaching English or coding. Yeah, no, it's not so bad because I live in an, in an, I live in Palma, so I don't live in the tourist tourist area. So it's more the residential okay. area. And remember, you can still go to the beach. So you know, you don't have to go to the beach all day. You can go for an hour. So that's cool. You get the most <laughs> the best of both worlds. <laughs> All right. And uh, for how long have you been doing uh, developer advocacy now? For how long? So two years, I guess now. Yeah. Like, yeah, is it you, two years? No, like... no. It's, you see, it's hard it's to say more... because, because if you can't be paid you... or, or not being paid, it's a different story, right? Uh, yeah. I just remember in uh, Future Amsterdam 2020. No. Yes. No. Yeah. 2020, where you entered Nuxt.js. Mm -hmm officially yes. yes 2020 yeah right. was that more or less when you started doing that so yeah that was like because obviously i was advocating for nuxt way before that but i wasn't yeah. actually getting paid right as in most people who start off advocating you go out there you spread the love of of what you <laughs> enjoy doing of the product or or the, the tool that you're using and and you're advocating right so i do think like 
you know, a lot of us are programmers and we might not get getting paid. So a lot of us are developer advocates and we might not be getting paid. So it's, you know, yeah. like people who are ambassadors are advocating and they're not getting paid. So, yeah. So basically last year was when I first started as a developer advocate, officially being paid by Nuxt, which was an, an incredible opportunity. And I wasn't expecting it, to be honest. They came up to me, they approached me at the conference and had a chat and, you know, said <laughs> like, They've just got funding for Nuxt and they wanted me to be part of the team. And I was like, oh my God, you want me? Like, this is incredible. They decided that during the conference? Yeah. Like, yeah, we, we had the, in the speaker's room, everything happens oh. in the speaker's room. <laughs> oh, I have to get in there. I have to talk to, to Josh about it. Yeah. <laughs> Joking. Not so much. Okay. Yeah. So you said the developer advocate and the question that I, that I had when I see so many people having developer advocate in their Twitter bio is actually what is a developer advocate? What does what does one do as a developer advocate? Can you walk us through a little bit of the tasks? I think it's uh, easier to role. say what one doesn't do. Yeah, a developer advocate does like many different things, and it also depends on the company. So you know, between companies, again, it's very different. But basically, like we're advocating for the product for the developers right? My, my clients, if you were to kind of put it in that way, are the developers. Yeah. I care about what the developers think, what they see, what they say to me. So I basically work very, very closely with the developers in trying to create better developer experience, um, trying to help them use the product and learn how to use the product by creating documentation, by creating blog posts, by creating video tutorials and reaching out to the community to find out is this working? Is this good? Do they like this? Do they want what do they need? What's working with the product? What's not? And then giving that feedback back to the product team to then make that product better because we need to listen to the developers because, right, these yeah. are the people that are using the tool at the end yeah. of the day. It's really, really important. So you're not selling a the product per se. You are helping others using it. Basically. Yeah, you see, my the, the, the sales manager in our company, he's like, Debbie, you're selling. And I'm like, I am not selling. I said, <laughs> I actually don't care. And, I, and I, this <laughs> might sound a bit crazy, but I don't care if, you know, you buy the product, don't buy the product. If you invest money, if you don't invest money, I don't even know how much the product costs. I actually don't care about figures, right? Obviously, I care because I need to get paid, right? So, <laughs> you know, obviously, like there's a, a limit to my caring, but it's not part of my interest to sell something to you. I'm just sharing the love I have for the product. If you decide you want to use it, then you can use it. And if, if it's not a fit for you, if you don't like it because you like something else, that's cool. Like just take Nuxt, for example, right? I will try and yeah. Nuxtify you and you might come along and say, no, I don't want to use Nuxt. I want to use <laughs> Angular. And you think Angular is better for you. Perfect. Angular is a great solution. It's not the solution I love, but everyone has a different opinion and you're looking for something different. So, yeah. you know, you just have to not sell, but just show people the product that you are trying to advocate for and nuxtify them or now I'm bitifying them <laughs> and then let let people make up their own choices at the end of the day right yeah that's one thing i i love about that role that you you take away the sales in order to basically make more sales but on, on a way more human level because you are you are genuinely just connecting with people in order to find out what they like, what they don't like, mm -hmm. help them if they need help and so on. And I think that's is probably the best selling technique there is. Yeah, <laughs> like, without using the like word it, selling, but yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. yeah it's, it's, you see, it's not... a good product sells itself. 
Yeah. Right. You know, you, you just need sometimes a little bit of marketing for people to know about it. You need advocating for people to hear about it. Yeah. But a good product will pretty much sell itself if it's what people are looking for. So you don't have to put so much effort into kind of like, right, come on, we need this money. We need to make, get so many companies on board and we need all this. I, I don't, I, yeah, that would drive me crazy. No, you yeah. just want to go out there and say, right, this is the product. It's going well. Now, developers, what do you think? Yeah. And, you know, maybe you don't like it. Why do you not like it? Oh my God, what's happening here? And then you tell me, oh, yeah. this doesn't work. Oh, let's fix that. That's a great idea. <laughs> I think you are done for the for, made for that role. Like you're very <laughs> a human person, if I if I might be. So so uh, can you tell us what is your favorite part, very favorite part of being a developer advocate for any for Nux or for Bit or in general? That's a hard question. <laughs> Let's say your top three things. That yeah, you, I think that I think that's easier because I like a lot of things about my job, and that's why I like being a developer advocate, because I'm not just doing one thing, right? I love speaking at conferences because for me, speaking at conferences when they're real is getting on a stage and sharing your knowledge with the people and networking with people afterwards. And you just like, that's one of the things I absolutely love doing, right? Another thing I love doing is actually programming. And that's really, really, really important to me. I love building things. I love like, I get so excited when something works. Like I struggle, I go crazy. My head's <laughs> yeah. like, oh my God, this doesn't work. And then when it works, I'm like, yes, I dance around my room. I get so excited, right? And I love that feeling. And don't ever take that feeling away from me and just put me as a developer advocate who only speaks at conferences and writes blog posts. Cause then I would be like, I'm not building. So I need to be building as well. And I, I'm really, really enjoying, like, I guess you could say the, like, I, I love this, what we're doing now, the interviews, the the videos and the Twitch streams, that kind of thing where you're like connecting with people in a different way, but like true, true the internet, right? Which is something that yeah. I was never doing before. And we weren't doing all this stuff before. And it's, it's, it's quite nice as well. What I wanted to ask you is what does a typical day look like for you as a developer advocate? A regular I, day, not this. Yeah, I don't know if there's a typical day. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't think any of my days are ever the same. I'll, I'll kind of like go through, I don't know what I did today. Like today I got up at seven o'clock. I went into the office, which is like the room next to the bedroom <laughs> and, <laughs> and turn on the computer. And then I go into my Discord virtual office and I started uh, working on something I'm trying to build, which is building the documentation into the product. So people don't have to go to the docs, but they get the docs okay. in the product. So nice. I'm working on this. And it's, you know, it's building and it's crashing and it's not doing what I want it to do. And I'm getting frustrated. <laughs> so then I go to the gym and I, I go and do some sport and then I come back and then I keep building again. And now I'm doing a podcast interview and later on, I might do a, a Twitch stream. I might study some, I might write a blog post. Like there's no, it just depends on what I want to do. Like, I, I think I get the freedom to do what I want to do, which is the great thing about my job because I'm allowed to decide when I should do what I want to do. So if today I'm not feeling cool. like building something, yeah. I might write a blog post because I might be feeling that kind of like creativeness of just chilling and writing, or I might fix documentation because it's like, you know, but yeah, it's, it's, there's no typical day and, and it's, that's what I love about it. It's not boring. There's oh. no, yeah, yeah that sounds cool. actually very interesting. <laughs> Where can I sign up? <laughs> yeah, uh. <laughs> come join us. <laughs> uh very quickly what is it exactly what a bit does because i didn't really look into it can you shame tell us a little you, bit shame on you you should have researched it all you should just start building it and <laughs> no no problem but then i wouldn't have the, the <laughs> possibility or the opportunity to ask you about it 
Okay, so it's a very difficult question, right? Because it's 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 a massive product. It does a lot of really cool things. I'm going to try and give you the short version so we don't just spend the whole time talking about what Bit does. But basically is, I like to kind of think of it as Bit is the solution to all your problems, <laughs> right? That's a great <laughs> answer. So Bit is a way for you to share components through the cloud with like, you know, different organizations, different repos, different teams across, you know, different platforms, different countries, different whatever, whatever you want. So you might think, okay, sharing components, that's easy. That's kind of like NPM packages and stuff. But I like to think it's like NPM packages with superpowers, right? It's like we use NPM, okay. but it's not an NPM package. We go to the, the, the BitDev cloud and your component, for example. So when you export your component, imagine me and you are working together, Mark, right? And we're living in different yeah. countries, you know, we're working together on the same team and I'm building something and then, you know, I'm off for a couple of days, right? And I've exported yeah. this component. It's my component, but it's broken. Something's wrong and transaction is failing and you got to fix it. So you can import that component into your workspace, into your repo, which it doesn't live there, right? So you can import it in and then you can modify that component, make that fix. Now that component is fixed. You can export that component, right? Now that's going to fix that. Cool. You're going to go to, to production and then you say, right, I don't want that component in my workspace in my you know vs code or whatever you're using because that's not my component and so you eject it and then like you know it's back to wherever i want it to be right so it's kind of like a very easy way of you modifying a component without having to clone my repo download it modify the component and and then like you know push that component etc so you you stay in oh. your environment and you just import things in modify it export it tag it version it you got like then loads of different versions of components nice. if you change that component it will update then the dependence, what it depends on will also get a bumped version. And all this kind of like goes on. It's all like magic sometimes, yeah. right? But it's it's a great way of being able to share components and just kind of like, yeah, be able to kind of like separate the workflows of people without having like one big, say monorepo, for example, and then like you're stuck kind of like sharing things in one place and you can't put it somewhere else and and then you struggle, right? So Bit just makes your life easier and it's it's an amazing tool. It's in uh, public beta at the moment. So it only has the React and React Native and Node support. And when we say components, you can share components. Components could be serverless functions. They could be React hooks. They don't have to be UI buttons and you know the typical product card, right? They can be anything. And, and yeah, it's, we're releasing features every single day. The other day, last week, I created a generator. So you now just have to go bit, create new component, and then you get all the files for your component from your docs, nice. your test file, the compositions file, it's all done for you. And then you just got to like, you know, code, <laughs> like it's, it's cool. So, so yeah, it does a lot of and cool this things. only works with the React? For now, because the, the new version, obviously it's still in beta. So we're like, you know, breaking things and making things better. Right. <laughs> so not, not breaking so much, but we're adding new features all the time. So it's easier to concentrate on one environment and fix everything or make everything better, add all these features. And then you add the other environment. Now we all already have someone on the Angular environment working on that right now. So we're going to have Angular support very soon. And Vue support will be the next one after the Angular support, right? So yes. just in steps. But it will be there. I'm working on that and making sure of it. So don't worry. But even if you don't know React, you can actually still go and use Bit because I've created this generator. And you can just like generate a component. And you can play with Bit. And you can uh, play around with it. See if you like it. You can export a component, open a create React app, import that component, and just use it and see how it works. And it's really oh, easy I to do. I will try so. that out because funnily enough, yesterday or the day before, I, I googled how can I 
somehow somehow export and share my components through like the internet or maybe with just another team or something and this is like sounds exactly something that my this client would would greatly benefit from so when the view version is there i will definitely take a look at yeah. it yeah i mean you could use the legacy version for view because that one supports view but the new version is so much better that it's almost me like saying it's worth the wait. But if you really needed something, okay. you could use the legacy version and test it out. But the new version is 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 just incredible. All right, nice. Well, that sounds like a lot of cool stuff, and you can advocate for it. So that's nice. What? How was transitioning from a regular role to a advocacy role? How was the transition, and how did you feel about doing that transition? So. I think I was very much ready to leave what I was doing to come into advocacy. I was just, I was ready, but I didn't feel confident enough or didn't think I was good enough to do it. So I was like, this is what I want to do. I was working towards it. I was like looking at, you know, job applications. I was like, I want to do that. That sounds like a great company. I want to work there. That This one could be good. This one could be good. And then I'm like, but am I good enough? I'm not good enough. I don't think I can do uh, that. The usual, the usual <laughs> stuff that developers tell each other. Oh, I'm not good enough. Yeah, yeah. Imposter so, syndrome, living in your yeah, head all the time. Always, it does my head. It's like, go away. But yeah, I, I was, I was leading people at the time, and there's nothing wrong with people. I love people, but sometimes <laughs> leading people is hard work because you end up almost babysitting. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I really don't. But you end up not actually developing because you're constantly like, you know, you could be teaching people, which is yeah. great. But you're you're also like fixing, you know, little things and you got to deal with people's time off. And this yeah. person can't work today. And this client wants this and they can't have this because they, and and you're just like, I'm not developing anymore. I'm just leading. I'm, I'm a leader. And that's great. But I, I want to be a developer again. I want to, <laughs> you know, and I still want to speak at conferences. And how can I develop and speak at conferences, but not lead people, you know, I'm now head of developer advocacy. So we might get people in my team one day <laughs> and I might have to lead people. But I think leading developer advocates is very different to leading a team of junior developers yeah. because developer advocates j just lead themselves. They just, they don't need leading. They need, I don't know, like feed ideas off each other more than, more than anything else. Yeah, right. It's, it's more about like a, kind of only the network you have to build between. Yeah. It, it's, it's different. It's different, different because I think they don't have like these specific tasks that, okay, mm -hmm. now you fix this bug or now you do this chore. Yeah. Uh, I imagine uh, just from what you told me, I imagine it's not something like that. It's more, as you say, more free and you can choose what, what you do basically. Yeah. You have to come up with the tasks, right? You have to be the one yeah. that finds the missing pieces and add them because no one else is seeing what you're seeing or hearing from the developers what they want. So you've got to come back with all these ideas and then try and implement them. And, you know, maybe they're wrong and test them out. And maybe they actually don't work because sometimes people say, well, I'd love this feature. And then you like implement it. And then they're like, oh, yeah, it's not as good as I thought it would be. Yeah, no, I won't use that. And then you're like, oh, no. So <laughs> it's all about trying to find things that are not there as opposed to like the obvious tasks that, you know, that you see in the front end, for example, that need fixing or need adding, et cetera. But yeah, it's. It's fun. And you say it's fun, but what would you say is the biggest challenge of this role? I guess for me in this role in bit is understanding the product code because there's a, it's like 
yeah, there's a lot of code. And for me joining Bit, it was it's all in React and TypeScript. So I'm like thrown in the deep yeah. end and I'm swimming in a sea and I have no idea where I'm going and what I'm seeing, right? So that's been my, my biggest challenge. But in developer advocacy in general, I don't know what the biggest challenge is. I think like, obviously you have to reach out to developers. That's your biggest challenge. Yeah. And how you do that is, is, is up to you, right? The internet makes it very easy to be able to yeah. do that because you can do like what you're doing now, Mark, you're doing a podcast interview. This is great. You're reaching out to developers, but you have to then be that kind of outspoken person to try and make that kind of impact. Yeah. Now, if you're not that type of person and you're the, like, not like me and you're that shy person that doesn't want to be like, you know, like yourself on the video and stuff, you know, you could reach out through blog posts, through other things, but yeah, connecting to people is the hardest thing, but it's also the easiest thing if you get it right. Oh, cool. That's a nice note. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just be everywhere. Uh, just like be on internet, be on YouTube, be everywhere. People will find yeah. you and then like, you know. Yeah, it's difficult though to to be everywhere. It's mm -hmm. it's extremely hard to, to maintain social media presence. Also dealing with all the negative stuff that happens there that you're supposed to block out, but not always able to and so on. and then being on another platform and in another platform and then maybe you are on instagram because there are also a lot of developers there you can reach out to them there you can make some little uh, reels or how is it how are them they called there with some like small snippets the ones that how, how is she called cassidy tiktoks you mean yeah, like cassidy no. williams Cassidy. Yeah, Cassidy, Cassidy Williams. Williams. Uh, she, yeah. The stuff she does for Netlify, it's amazing. It's like 20 seconds thing mm -hmm. like, oh, you can do this. I showed you how yeah. this and this and this and it's done. That kind of stuff. Like, yeah. And then you have yeah, to, to, great. To, to learn those those new social media and so on. It's not easy. Even the, even just being present, not even advocating for mm -hmm. anything. Like, just, I'm just a developer being, I'm good on Twitter at the moment, but I want to do other things and it's it's really time consuming if you do it a part of your job if it's your job yeah. doing that it, it's a little bit easier <laughs> but yeah, yeah i mean yeah time time is the hardest thing finding the time to do things and what i've found is that i've been doing and uh, twitch lately and i'm really really enjoying it and i just go on twitch and i have something to build at work and i'm like right i'm live i'm gonna build this I have no idea what I'm doing and I'm literally fishing into this code, trying to figure it out. And I'm talking to myself out loud and there's 10 people watching me for absolutely no reason that I know of whatsoever. And they're probably laughing at me going, Debbie has no idea what she's doing. And then sometimes they kind of say, oh, you're missing this. And I'm like, oh my God, I didn't know that. And then I like, they help me out and, and I end up building it and I finish the Twitch stream and I've done my job and I've built the product. And I've also like, you know, done some, you know, advocacy work and and just reached out to the community yeah. as well all at the nice. same time but that takes a lot of guts to do to be able to just go out there and say you know and be honest and say i actually don't know what i'm doing i'm going to learn and teach at the same time and someone might learn and someone might not learn yeah. but the objective is for me to actually build this feature and i just happen to be on twitch at that time as well you know what i have been pushing that for the longest time doing like a live stream of me coding something yeah like what's stopping I, I you mark what's stopping yeah, you i don't know my ego you probably see? yeah but this is terrible we we all yeah, do this I know, like I, know. I was the same and then i don't know if you know obina from gatsby right but i had a chat with him one day and i said right if you're going to say it three times right because he was doing it with the gym he's like i'm going to, yeah i'm going to go to the yeah. gym we have a gym downstairs i'm going to go to the gym and i was like right that's it you said that three times and you haven't gone no that's it 
if you say it three times, stop saying it, stop promising yourself, stop promising yourself you're going to do something, right? Because you're not going to do it. Or after three times, just do it. So stop talking about it or do it. So now, Mark, you got to stop talking about this Twitch or you just got to <laughs> oh, do it. <laughs> oh, man. Probably going to be YouTube, but anyway. That's fine. It, YouTube's cool yeah, too. <laughs> like, but the, the thing is, I've been I've been doing Vue.js for a long time. I do like, but then since version two and then it's like version three and then I want to inspect version three and then it's a lot of different. And then I want to also do something with Nuxt. I actually have, are you this? Yay! <laughs> sticker are you next so for the ones that uh, are listening to the podcast not the video uh, i'm holding up a sticker that says are you next is it's actually i didn't get it from a conference someone on twitter sent it to me because wow. i i said uh yeah um, i i posted a photo of my laptop that has a lot of stickers on it and they were like hey oh where's the nut where's the next stick and i was like i don't have one i was i was looking for for some at conferences i did i didn't find any and they were like, oh, I have a bunch. I can send them to you, nice. which was a very nice gesture. Now I have some uh, stickers left to put maybe on something else. My my water bottle, for example. We drifted a little bit, of course, which is not, not bad. Uh, yeah, the next question I wanted to ask you, is there any personal trait someone should have in order to be a developer advocate? Being like super open, like you very, I don't even know how to call it. Outgoing. Outgoing, yeah, outgoing is a word. I, you need to be very outgoing. Do you need to be super technical into the product or are there, is there something, a personal trait someone needs? You know, I think it's different and everyone has different skills and that's what makes the developer advocacy role so varied and that can attract so many different people. I'm really bad at content writing, in my opinion. I write very, like I don't, think I write technically very like technical, technical kind of stuff. I write very like teacher, like I'm teaching you something kind of way, right? So it's very yeah. different. Someone else can come along and write technical, like proper technical documentation and have that skill and be much better at that than me, right? I'm very outgoing. So I'm I'm really good at speaking because I've, I've been working on it on a stage for many years as an entertainer. So yeah. I love the stage and the microphone. So I have that <laughs> skill, right? Not everyone needs to be um, a speaker. I'm only learning to do this live coding and, you know, the Twitch stream, but I've never been on a stage doing live coding. I look at people doing live coding, uh, like <laughs> Natalia, no, from the Viewcore team. She's amazing. She is incredible. She'll get on a stage and just live code. And I'm like, oh my God, how does she do that? Right. So we all have different skills. And, and I think that's important to remember. You don't have to be like me. You don't have to be like Natalia. You don't have to be like someone else. <laughs> you can be whoever you want to be and just nice. do the best you can be. I think, yeah. Yeah, you're making this developer advocacy thing sound more and more appealing. It's the best <laughs> job only... in the world. I'm telling yeah, you, probably it is not the best only to job me, in the world. but to to also the people probably that are listening. It sounds very appealing to me right now. I have to look for some. Yeah, uh, because you get to build stuff and you get to talk to people and you get to network. Yeah. You get to write content and and you just have to find the right company. This is the thing. This is yeah. key, right? You have to find the right company and the right product. I could never work for a company or a product that I did not believe in. If I was gonna like try and advocate for something I didn't believe in, I would do a terrible, yeah, terrible job. It doesn't work. I wouldn't enjoy yeah. it. I'd be like pushed into writing content for something I don't like. I couldn't do yeah. that. So find yeah, something you're passionate about, find something you yeah. love, and then yeah. developer advocacy is easy. Yeah, I think it's completely against the point of, of the role if if you don't, if you're not convinced of the product, it's, mm -hmm. Like you need to be, it's like, I don't know, it's 
yeah, it's part of the job description or part of the role even existing. It needs to be authentic, in yeah, my opinion. Come. All right. So what I also do on this show is that I present the speaker with myth that I found on internet about um, the topic at hand, at this, in this case, uh, developer advocacy. So I would ask you, like, present you with some of these myths and you can tell us your thoughts about them. Are you ready? <laughs> okay, let's go. <laughs> okay, the first one, uh, developer advocates for selling a product. I think we already uh, yeah. kind of... I would say no, but like you have to read between the lines, right? Because I think yeah. it... It is true in a way because I might like the product might get sold because they saw my, me talk at a conference about the product, right? So yeah. it's an indirect sale can happen because of developer advocacy, but it's not a direct sale. You don't, you're not going to that customer and trying to sell, but yeah. obviously everything you do in developer advocacy, the idea of it is that it does eventually get to a sale by someone somewhere along the line. I mean, that's, 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 yeah. that's the reality, yeah, right? It's like brand presence. Like you need to be like present a little bit everywhere, but like doing yeah, like you, cool you stuff, can, like you helping know, you people. To, you could go to a conference and speak to a thousand people about the product. And remember, you're actually telling, you're not really doing a marketing speech about, okay, everyone, you should buy this product. You should do this. No, you're, you're, you're basically helping people see how their problems can be solved. And the solution happens to be the product that you're using or that you're, that you're talking about. Right. And then from that a thousand people, you know, so many people might end up signing up for accounts and you actually have no idea because it's not of your interest to yeah. go and talk to the people, sign their names and come back to your job and say, right, 50 people signed up, right? That's, yeah. that's, that's not part of the job. And that's, what's great. So yeah. Yeah. Which brings to, which brings me to the second myth, coincidentally, developers don't like to be marketed to. That, yeah, no, they, think... they don't uh, completely. Yeah. They don't like. I don't want someone to try and sell me something. I don't yeah. want to buy anything, right? Because, and remember that the developers are normally not the ones that are dealing with the money either, right? Like yeah. it's not their money to spend. So they need a solution. Developers need a solution to the problems so they can go to the top person, to the account, to the um, architect or to the CEO or to the CTO or to whatever and say, I yeah. have this solution and I've tested it out and this works and let them deal with how much it costs and what, what the whole kind of, you know, enterprise yeah. stuff is. Right. But developers want solutions and they want someone to show them new cool things that are going to help them do a better job. Yeah. It's actually interesting because the developers and the developer advocates work together and then the salesperson and the accountant CEO, or CTO, the CEO, or CTO, whatever, um, or whatever, yeah. decision maker work exactly. together later so it's 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 a perfect role to work together with other developers it's I, i've mm -hmm. never seen it looked at it that way but it's nice like you work together on this level and then the other people yes. uh, work together on their I, level ooh, lift it up uh, ooh, ooh, and let them connect yeah. <laughs> nice Didn't, it's I'm more and more convinced that to, to do something. Like, well, I'm my own boss, so... Oh, there you go. You're all right then. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's maybe also even not full-time, but yeah, it's another uh, thing for another day. Yeah, the next myth is being opinionated. No, being opinionated is a bad thing. Well, I, why would it be a bad thing? I mean, I have my opinion and I think yeah. I always give my opinion, but you have to respect everyone else's opinion. 
So you yeah. can't be like, my opinion is the only opinion. And like I could say to you, right, bid is the solution to your problems. That's my opinion. And I think you should use it. And you go, no, I don't think yeah. so. I'm like, no, 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 no. You have to take my opinion. No, <laughs> like your opinion is, is very valid and you might have other reasons or you see things that I don't see because I'm only seeing like this. I've only built with, you know, this. Maybe you have a completely different application in a different way, a different way teams are working that you see something I'm not seeing. So, you know, you have a very good opinion. I think it's very important for when it comes to developer advocacy to, to you know, I like to say to people and to developers, right? Okay, you might not, same with Tailwind, right? You remember when Tailwind was like, yeah. you know, and the thing I used to say was try it out, just test it out, give it two weeks, yeah. give it two weeks and then come back and then give me a different opinion. But don't have an opinion straight away without having tried it. Yeah. And I mean, try it for, you know, a couple of weeks because it takes, it took me two weeks to like Tailwind after two weeks. Now I'm like, I love Tailwind. It's the best yeah. thing in the world, right? <laughs> Same here. When, when I made my website, I was like, uh, okay, I'm going to redo my website with Nux and then, oh, maybe Tailwind. And then at first it was like, oh man, I have to look up all these new properties. It's like, and then my mark, uh, my markup looks like so huge and chunky and then I'm like, okay, if, it, if it's put right in the components and like, it even forces you to make more components or make your components more mindful. Yeah. Then you are like, oh man, <laughs> I love it. Like after, as you say, after a week or two, it's like, oh man, I need to, I need to even advocate for this without being paid. Like you, yeah. <laughs> you go on Twitter and like after the first two weeks, you go on Twitter and like, oh man, Tailwind is so awesome. And then people, you see people like, oh yeah, it's awesome. And other people are like, oh no, I don't like the markdown, uh, markup looking. Yeah, it's, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a valid opinion. So I, I don't know why this was a myth that it's a bad thing because like, if we don't have opinions, who are we? Like you can't, like you should always be able to express your opinion and, but not force it onto others, as you said. Exactly. It's like with Nuxt, right? You know, and I would say Nuxt is my favorite framework. Everyone, you should all just use Nuxt. And you might come along and say, yeah, but I'm a React developer and I really like Next. Well, you know what? Next is actually a really good framework as well. So if Next works yeah. for you, perfect. <laughs> Nuxt works for me, you know? And and yeah, like everyone just have, have their own opinions and play around with things and and then it's all yeah. cool. It's it's a great thing about our how do you say our branch not our branches it's a French word our branch our <laughs> or let's say yes. our yes that there's a new thing like so many things and they are all great or yep. most of them are great and you you can really pick you pick any of those and you you almost can't miss. Uh, yeah, and and most of the time we say we have a strong opinion about something because we don't know enough about it. So like. A lot of like, you know, me personally, I would have been like, oh my God, I don't like React. I don't want to work in React. Why? I'm now working in React and I'm really enjoying working in React. But why did I not like it six months ago? Because I didn't know it enough. And because in Nuxt, I was able to build applications really quickly. And then you put me into, into React and I can't build anything. So I don't like it because I don't know what I'm doing. Right. But it's not because I don't like it because there's something wrong with it. It's just because I'm not good at it. And that's something that like, you know, when, when you practice something, you get better at it. You start to like it more and and that's kind of like, you know, a lot of people say, I don't like this because they probably never even tried it and they, or they're not, they haven't spent enough time doing it. So therefore they're not good enough at it. And therefore they can't like it because they're not able to see the value of it and, you know, get the job done or get something done quickly. Yeah. Maybe that's why I don't like react that much because I did my website in react and I didn't have a good time doing it. Yeah. Maybe I should 
take another stab at it. But yeah, I'm I'm really <laughs> really enjoying working working with React at the moment and learning like the differences between Nuxt and React at the same time and like kind of understanding right the React context is it like the Nuxt context? It's not. Oh my god, what's going on here? Right, and <laughs> I love being able to compare the two and understand how the two are so different but yet so similar. And it's actually it's it's yeah, you sh everyone should learn more than one framework for sure. It's it really helps. Yeah. Does it mean you're not doing view and next things anymore? At the moment in my day job, I'm not because I'm like, you know, heavily in, in kind of React and in JavaScript and TypeScript, but it doesn't mean I'm not like not doing anything else. My website is still in Nuxt. So anytime I add stuff to my website, that's still in Nuxt, right? And I was doing a Nuxt workshop there recently. I was giving um, at one of the conferences. And obviously when we have view support, then I'll be doing like Nuxt demos and, you know, Nuxt template generators. But at the moment, And it's kind of good at the moment that I'm just concentrating on React so I can kind of like, you know, <laughs> improve my skills without having to kind of like do the two at the one time because that's kind of hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. So yeah, if you start implementing Vue, maybe maybe write me a DM and <laughs> 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 let's see where it goes. Okay, the last thing. Oh no, the, sec the, the second last thing. A developer advocate should know everything there is to know on the technical level. That's yes, they have to know absolutely everything. Like if you don't know everything, forget about it. You can never, ever, ever, ever be a developer advocate. I mean, that's obvious, obvious. It's impossible to know everything. And it drives me crazy that I don't know everything and I hate it and it kills me. It will always, always get the better of me because I want to know everything and I keep wanting to, it's like this kind of like mountain that you're climbing, right? And you're like, feel like you're never, ever, ever getting to the top because as soon as you think you're doing well and you've almost like yeah. mastered something, something else comes along and now you got to learn this new thing. And now you're like, yeah. you're not even halfway up the mountain anymore. And you're like, oh my God, this is like ridiculous. Yeah. They add stuff on top of the mountain to make it bigger, right? Yeah. It just, it's a never ending climb, but it's fun. It's, you have to enjoy learning. Yeah. If you don't enjoy learning, yeah. then you should never go into developer advocacy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have to think about like, I often see Evan Yu in interviews, like he is the creator of Vue.js and someone mm -hmm. asks a question about something very specific about Vue.js and he's like, I have no idea. Why don't you ask uh, Kia King about it? Because he is the one that implements it. So yeah. that's probably the very best example. Like, And so many people look up to him and he absolutely knows what he's doing and it shows that he you don't need to know every aspect of even your own creation. So yeah. that should take away the developer, uh, the, the imposter syndrome for those It should, but it things. doesn't. It, it should, but it, it doesn't. It should, but it doesn't, yeah. Yeah. And I saw Evan Yu on the, on the GitHub and Twitch, and he was showcasing Veet with Tailwind. And he was like, yeah. how, do, how do I add a color in Tailwind? How do we add a color in Tailwind? How do we do that again? And like everyone's <laughs> putting in the chat, you know, like text color red. And he's like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's funny, like you're like, what? Evan doesn't know Tailwind, but it's so easy, right? But remember that if you're yeah. not developing and using that technology yeah. all day, every day, yeah, you course, probably yeah. don't know it. And that's okay to not know it. And it's okay yeah. to forget things as well. I forget things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone does. <laughs> the older you get, the more you forget. Shh, don't say that word. <laughs> um, the more experience you get, the that's more... It. Okay, right. The last one. Developer advocates spend their days coding. They this might do, the yes. I mean, like I could spend an 
again, it's what you choose or what the company requires you depending on where you're working, right? One of the things about me joining Bit and I was very, very clear in the whole interview process was that I want to be coding a lot more than what I was doing in, in my previous job, right? I want to be building things. I want to do doing like almost more developer experience engineer mixed with, you know, developer advocacy. I want to be speaking at conferences, but I don't want to be that the main thing that I do. I want it to be more like me building those tools. So do I code every day? Yes, I code absolutely every day. There's not one day goes by that I do not open VS Code and I do not open the terminal and I do not code. I code every single day, but oh, that's, that's what nice. I want. That's nice when, when you want to like get some, like some sort of balance between like, I don't want to be all day just coding in front of VS Code, but also do other cool things like exploring new stuff and connecting with others. And, mm -hmm. but also don't like, like managers that like just manage and don't code. It's, it's all, it's also like the other extreme of, of only coding, right? So well, that's what I was must... doing before I joined yeah. Nuxt, right? I was managing and I wasn't coding. I was I was t teaching people how to code. I was teaching them all Nuxt. I was um, architecting everything. I was looking over everything. I was I was overseeing everything, performance, but I wasn't actually building anything. And I was like, I'm losing my yeah. skills. My fingers don't know how to do anything anymore, but my brain is good, but my fingers are not quick enough. And I didn't like it. And, and some people do, right? Some people get to a stage yeah. where like, that's what they want to do. And that's great because then they're happy doing that. But I wasn't happy doing that. I wanted to go almost backwards and not be a manager and be a developer because I just wanted yeah. to develop more. Yeah. All right. So that was the last uh, myth I wanted to bunk with you, to debunk with you. Uh, thank you for the for your answers. Is there something else you want to give others on their way if they are like, oh, maybe uh, this developer advocacy is something for me? What can they look into? What What is some advice you can give them? Is there something you, you want to tell? I would say Sam Julian has written a very, very good book about it that I highly recommend. Right. You can buy it on the internet. It's very cheap. And he goes into like, you know, like what we've talked about, but in a little bit more detail. So if you really, really want to get into the role, I would encourage you to read his book. And also I would encourage you to start doing the job before you get the job. It's very okay. hard to become a developer advocate until you've actually done it for free. So join the programs like, like OutZero's ambassador program, right? Start off doing programs like that, that can get you in there. Start writing blog posts about what you're interested in, about what you love and Get that out there. Try to speak at conferences, meetups online. There's a lot of them online. A lot of them are looking for speakers. Yeah. Try and just get out there and push yourself, right? It's really, really hard because you think, you know, and I'm actually doing mentoring for the road to GDE, Google Developer Expert. Yeah. And I have a new mentee. And like, you know, she said to me, yeah, I just, you're all experts. And it's really hard for me to, you know, get out there and do stuff because I'm not good enough. I'm not as good as you lot. And, and I just kind of said, hang on a minute. I said, you do CSS animations and your CSS animations yeah. are amazing. I don't know CSS animations. Like oh, yeah, I can make I like a tiny neither. thing move, but that's it. Right. So you are now the expert here in this field, right? I might be the expert in something else, but you are the expert in this field. So concentrate on that and that, yes, there will always be someone else who's better than you at this and who is, you know, out there already doing cooler things. And that's cool too right? But you are the expert of this, own it and just go out there and start like, you know, sharing that knowledge that you have because somebody else does not know that. Me, I don't know much about CSS animations. I'm not good at it. I can't do that stuff. I'd love to learn. I just haven't had the time. So I don't, I don't know it, right? We need to share knowledge 
we need to be able to just go out there and and share things without worrying about like oh but someone else has already written a blog post on it someone else has already done a talk on that <laughs> you know your point of view yeah. is going to be different to mine right your way of writing things is going to be different so just go out there and be yourself and write how you write and speak how you speak and share your knowledge with the world and just do it we all have to keep doing this because if not yeah. in a couple of years time there's going to be no more new information right so we've got to just keep sharing <laughs> yes perfect all right that's uh, that's a very nice note to end thank you very much debbie for all your answers and for taking time out of your schedule to be with us today it's been very great having you and i hope to see you around bye bye yes thank you mark bye bye thank you for listening to decoding the code a new episode will be available every week so don't forget to tune in next Monday. For past episodes, check out the website, decoding.show.